Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Caregiving Gen X Style. I'm Steve Mullen. And I'm Jennifer Mullen. So in your caregiving journey, it's likely, in fact, uh, almost 100% certainty you're going to spend time in hospitals with your loved one at some point or another. In fact, we'd be willing to bet you probably already have. In this episode, we're going to talk to a very special guest, and she will have some inside information on how hospitals work and how you can make them work for you. But first, Jennifer, how's your mom? Actually, speaking, Actually. Of, speaking of that special guest, I'm going to toss it to that special guest right now. Her name is Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hello. And we're going to ask Hannah. She's another piece of our bread. She she is. From yeah. the sandwich generation. From the sandwich generation. But we're not going to ask Hannah how her mom is. Because that could go south real quick. <laughs> that could go south. I don't really want to know how Hannah's mom is because she might have some things to say mm. that I really don't want to hear. Nope. But we're going to ask you, Hannah, how's your goggy? My mom, how's your goggy? So um, this week I had some... Uh, NASCAR drivers come to my work to see all the kids because I work in the pediatric emergency room. Um, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool, actually. It was. The kids really liked it. That's um, very cool. So I got a picture with two of them, and I sent her the picture. And despite me telling her several times I'm not interested in men, um, <coughs> she asked which one was mine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I all mean, right then. Know. It was a little awkward. Um, but that's what Goggy does. That's what Goggy does. That's what Goggy yep. does. She's she's into that. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, so let's move on. Steve, how's your mom? Uh, you know, she's doing really well. Uh, I was leaving her assisted living the other day and uh, bumped into the activities director and, who was talking to another family member who I've sort of gotten to know a little bit and uh, needed some information from the activities director. And she said, you know, we really love having your mother around here and and the other family member jumped in and said, oh, I really love her so much. She is so personable and outgoing and funny. And my eyes got really big and I huh. looked at her and said, who? Huh. Who? So those are adjectives. They, they are adjectives. We've said on this show before that she's not really, I mean, I don't see her as an outgoing person. However... I will say, lately I've noticed, I think she's comfortable there. She can be chatty in certain situations. Definitely very chatty. I've certainly observed that over the years. So, you know, I see how that translates to personable, outgoing. But funny, that's the part that I wonder about. Funny is a little, it's a a bit of an unusual adjective for your mom, in my opinion. But, you know, whatever. She's living her best life. So, you know, maybe she's making people laugh and that's a good thing. Maybe she is. Maybe she is. So, we, as we've you know, already established here, we have a special guest. Yes, she is special because she is our daughter, Hannah. Thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. You're happy to be here, right? Sure. (laughs) All right. So Hannah is a fourth year nursing student. And this time next year, she is expecting to be a registered nurse, right? She's going to graduate with a BSN which is a Bachelor of Science in Nursing, yes, it is. in case you don't know that. And then, of course, you'll have to take an exam. But, you know, we have all the faith in the world that our beautiful daughter is going to be a registered nurse by this time next year. So currently, she's working in our local university hospital as a patient care tech. 
uh, and it's been invaluable experience for sure. A patient care tech is somewhat equivalent to a CNA. They can be found in most hospitals. So Hannah, we're really happy to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm not sure how happy she is to be here, but she really wasn't like, given much choice. I'm doing this because you asked me to. <laughs> exactly. So you, you mentioned, actually, you work in the pediatric emergency department, but previously you worked in the transplant floor. And that's a little closer to the atmosphere that most people who are listening to this show are going to be in. Is that that's correct? Yes, I would say it's correct. Yeah. So on a day to day basis, how does a patient care tech interact with patients and their families? So when I did work on that floor, um, the main things that I would do is I would um, give bed baths if the patient could not get out of bed or had some kind of um, IV line, meaning they couldn't get they couldn't go into the shower or something like that. I would sometimes feed patients if they could not feed themselves, um, turn patients if they couldn't turn themselves. Essentially, anything that the patient can't do themselves is just a general task you would do in your day-to-day life. I would be the one that would help with that. So patient care tech is, is fairly close to a CNA, right? Yes. Um, technically, I am not licensed as a CNA, so that's why it's a patient care tech. But you're licensed, you were licensed as an EMT, yes. though, so that's they considered that equivalent. Yes. Right. So what kinds of things should families, if it's their first experience in the hospital with a loved one, what kinds of things do you think that families should ask a patient care tech to do for them or or help them with? Um, Like I said, pretty much anything that is not giving meds or um, any kind of nursing skill, like inserting an IV, um, I would be able to do that. Um, So again, toileting, feeding, if their family members may be like uncomfortable in the bed, we can boost them up. Um, things like that, I would say. So I mean, again, I mean, if you're in, a, if you're in a nursing home or assisted living or something, a lot of the stuff that the CNAs do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, your role is really to be there to help assist the. Fa- I mean, obviously, the patient is your first priority, but um, assist the families with all the added little things that they might need, especially if they're there for an extended period of time. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So, what's the next step up at the hospital? So, you have the patient care techs. What's next up? And most hotel or hotels, hospitals, hotels. Sometimes wow. it feels no. like no. but I mean, sometimes <laughs> it feels like probably Hannah sometimes feels like families think they're in a right. hotel. But most hospitals don't have LPN. So is it really that you then RNs the next up? Uh, yes, that's usually correct. Um, there can be LPNs in some hospitals. It really just depends on where you are. And also in the ER where I work now, we have medics, which are slightly above patient care techs. Got it. Okay. Got it. And nurses run the show in hospitals, right? Yes, that that's correct. <laughs> All right. So, so barring an emergency, though, nurses are running the show. And I think, Steve, you and I have definitely experienced that. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. How many times a day do you think that a patient, patient's family should expect to see the doctor? So it depends on what you're there for, and there may be multiple specialty doctors that would be seeing you, but um, I would say around one to two. Um, but in addition, if you are in a teaching hospital, you might also see medical students, which will do the same thing as a doctor, but they are just learning, so they, they need to learn somehow. So that's the, that's the parade of white coats that come walking in. 
Yes, right. although people don't normally wear white coats in hospitals oh, anymore. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. That's right. Ooh, that's that an anymore. old stereotype. It is an old stereotype. What do they wear? Um, scrubs? Generally, what scrubs. What are they scrubs? Um, different colors, scrubs. And the reason for that is because um, you have to be bare below the elbows because it's an infection control risk. So if somebody was touching you with a white coat and also touched another patient with a white coat, their sleeve is all over the place. So that's not right, and that's cool. why they, they wear a lot of vests now too. Yes, some some old fashioned doctors still will wear the white coats. Right. Okay, that's really interesting though. I mean, that's a that's an interesting little factoid. It is. It is. Um, so if you see a white coat, it's somebody who's kind of old school. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. As we said, you work in the pediatric emergency department now, so obviously. ER rooms are going to be pretty familiar to caregivers. Absolutely. Steve, you and I have yes. spent as have you know my brother yep. uh, you know our our family members they've spent time in an ER what is something hannah that people generally don't understand about the ER i think the main thing that people don't understand is that we call back by acuity which basically means how severe the patient is so somebody having a stroke just um regardless of when they got there is going to be called back before somebody that has a cold so if you get there you have a cold and somebody gets there after you who's like bleeding their leg fell off or something we're calling them back first regardless of when you got there it, it has nothing to do with you it's just we'd rather them not die in our waiting room right. obviously which is one of the goals right yes yes i yeah. know it's a weird analogy but i'm gonna make it anyway oh god just, here we go just, i once was a hostess at a restaurant where is this going where is this you going? two are looking at me where is this going where this is going is you've got a line of people waiting to get into a crowded restaurant on a busy Friday or Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And then you see someone who came in after you. They get seated before you do. You're right. frustrated. Why yes, the heck you are. are you getting seated? Well, because you have six people in your party and there's only two people in this party and you have a two top that's available. It's so kind of the, the same thing. The, the party of six Ish. is much the same as someone walking in with their leg falling off. Yes. Okay. No. It's the really other not way. The same thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And, um, it didn't work. I will also say, sometimes if it seems like nobody is being called back, there could be an actual emergency back there because it's an emergency room. Like we could be coding somebody, which takes essentially all our staff, and we're not going to be calling people back during that. So I think the point is whether you're talking about actual like people who know stuff about hospitals, which clearly Hannah does, or you know working in a restaurant, which I did thirty years ago. The point is. There's a process mm -hmm. that actually has some logic behind it, even if you don't 100% understand it. So it's good to know behind okay. the scenes, like open the curtains. Sure, open the curtains. Yeah, is there definitely. anything short of just making your leg fall off? Is there anything that can get you back quicker? Because I, I mean, we've been our share of emergency rooms and believe me, we've, you know, we've understood we're sitting there waiting and waiting for hours and hours and hours. And I get it. We may not be the most critical patient is there anything that can get you back there quicker no other than you know coming close to death <laughs> no literally just be patient like just there's be nothing patient i know it's hard you're the patient i got it patient. yeah i heard it there's nothing we can do we haven't forgotten about you you're on the board but we just don't have room for you right now but i i'm sure you have dealt with and i know you've worked at that desk where they you know you're out front in the in the waiting room and everything you get a lot of angry people out there don't you absolutely yes yeah you got any good stories? Yeah. Like, what's the what's one story? What's the one thing that will make a nurse or a patient care tech or anyone who's working in that environment? Like, what is the one thing that will make you really irritated at a at a 
patient or at a family? I would say, well, getting angry at us, obviously, like harassment, um, any physical contact, just don't touch us. And but I guess this thing that maybe people wouldn't realize is using us as a waitress. And I understand, like, I'm fine giving people food if they need food and drink, like families. Um, but unfortunately, you're not my patient. And if I'm coming in with a water and then you immediately ask me for something else, like, I'm, that's taking time away from me taking care of your loved one. Right, right. So you try to do that kind of thing. Like, if you can help the family and... and provide something to them for their comfort while they're there you'll certainly do it if you have time yeah absolutely but if also I, if i have time but if you have requests i would say cluster them like if you want water yeah. and you want food please say that at the same time uh, right that's Don't a good one just come back and ask me yeah. for multiple things because it takes away time from me taking care of your loved right. one can, and can, can i have some water you come back five minutes later with a with a bottle of water or a cup of water and then oh by the way i'm hungry too Right. Yes. So don't yeah. do that. Also, I'm thinking there's a difference too. Like Hannah works in an ER setting where it's, you know, it's emergencies right. 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 versus some of the situations we've been in those, but we've also been in the longer term stay hospital setting where I do think, right, nurses probably they're trying to help everyone. They're trying to help if you've got family members who are sitting in the room for a really long time, if they need a blanket, you'll get them a blanket, that kind of thing. Right? Yeah, but I would say still the same principle because they especially in long-term care and in um, skilled nursing, they're going to have actually more patients than ER. So I would say I can believe that for sure. I can believe it. But I want to go back though. I, what I was asking and and your mother kind of jumped in uh, on top of me a little bit, but um, the tales from the waiting room, do you have a good story from the way I'm getting a look from my wife right now? That I mean, basically, she's trying to shoot laser beams into me. You um, talk over the top of me all, all the, the time. time, and you oh, know, you know how I know because yeah. Goggy tells okay. me the feedback on the podcast is, right. "Oh my god, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay. you guys talk over the top right. of each other all the time." Anyway, but let's, anyway, let's let's loop around though. Do you have a really good story from crazy stuff that happened in the waiting room? Um, so I definitely can't give too many details. No. I have to be very vague. Of course. Um, but I would say we did have a mom that came and um, came like yelling in the waiting room, like asking if she could get a wheelchair for her two kids, which were in her car. So I obviously thought she was like there was something bad going on. Right. And I got the wheelchairs. I brought them in. They looked fine. She starts yelling about like all this. I guess her house was fumigated or using some spray and like the kids inhaled it somehow. But oh. they looked fine. Yeah. Um, and then, so they go back eventually. I'm still in the waiting room, and they come out a few minutes later after having been seen discharged because there was nothing wrong with them. And she is screaming at me that they did a COVID test on her child, and they she believes that we put a microchip in their nose. Oh, right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she's screaming at another family. Like, she's saying, don't stay here. They're not going to help your baby because they're just going to put microchips in their nose. And I'm like... Please go home. Oh. Well, you, t- you told me a story uh, a week or two ago about the woman that brought their cat in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody brought their cat into our ER um, and claimed that she couldn't leave it at home because it was sick. Um, we unfortunately had to tell her to go take her cat somewhere else that's not a hospital. <laughs> All right. So what are some of the other we're not talking about because you work in an ER and we know we're not trying to make light of it. You definitely see um, some really serious things. And we've heard some of these stories and we... Um, are so impressed 
by you, our beautiful daughter who is dealing with some really serious issues sometimes. But there's also some funny stuff too, right? Like, what are some, but, I mean, cat, definitely bringing a cat. Did you beat that? It's funny. I mean, yeah, the cat was, that's the cat pretty, was in like that's a pretty bag, funny. It was it? in a bag. What, Legos up in the nose. Like what? Is there another good funny story you can think of? So um, we have, we have a lot of testicular torsion come in and the <laughs> Why is that funny? I don't because, know. Because your father sometimes is because like a 12-year-old boy. Yes, I have the humor of a 12-year-old boy. So funny. Yes. It's not Sorry. funny. I mean, it's, it's, it's not funny. It's, it's, it Steven. sounds like it's extraordinarily Steven. painful, so it's just better that I laugh. So we have a lot of that come in because it's a pediatric ER and it's common in uh, younger boys, um, boys that, probably younger boys and teenagers. Um, so we have a five-year-old boy come in and I'm taking his vitals and everything and he looks at me and he's like, come here and i'm like okay what's up and he like sort of leans in and he's like i hurt my balls <laughs> I'm like, oh well that really sucks but i don't really know what to say <laughs> okay yeah sorry to hear that buddy all right that reminds me though i mean not the that hurts my balls but right. a little bit i was also thinking too i remember this was a moment where your father and i were so proud of you hearing about how you handled one specific situation too i don't remember if we it talked was about, did we talk about this on a previous episode oh no i don't think so i don't think we if did it's what, if it's what i think you're talking about but there were the monitors that were beeping 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 and i think you had a young child who said who to had been you watching too many uh medical dramas who said am i dead yeah, it was the monitor. So it was the monitor that we I had just taken off him because I was taking his um, pulse ox and his heart rate and everything, and he had the little finger thing on, and I took it off, and it goes beep because that's what it does when you take it off. And he looked at it, and he's like, "I saw that on TV. That's what happened when people people die." And I'm like, "Are you dead now?" And he's like, "I don't think so." And I'm like, "Okay, we're good then." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Just just be matter of fact. So, well, Hannah, when people stay at a hospital for a while, which again, we know you're in an ER setting, but you know, they and their families, they can get to know, or if you have repeat customers, I guess, customers, that's not really the right word, but patients get to know the nursing staff. They want to say thank you when they leave. What can they do? I'm, I'm guessing maybe like ordering pizza at the nurse's station might not be the best idea. Like what could they do? What's allowed? I would say there's nothing wrong with ordering pizza as long as it, you order it for delivery to the unit and don't like take it yourself. I would say like homemade food is generally we'll still eat it. Nurses will basically eat anything, <laughs> but I would say it's frowned upon because I don't know. We don't know what you did to it. We of don't course. know what conditions were. Yes. And um, there is an award that a lot of hospitals have called the Daisy Award, which I looked up and it stands for. Um, diseases affecting the autoimmune system and then i don't know what the y stands for because it didn't say it's a legacy award from somebody that was in the hospital for a really really long time because they had an autoimmune disease and felt like they really wanted to appreciate the nurses so what you do is you write your experience they'll usually have forms or you can ask for one you write your experience with the nurse like how they sort of made your experience better and they get like a little daisy pin Okay, that's so they could collect daisy pins. Yep. So. so some of it might be that you ask the specific unit that you're on, like, is there a way that we can recognize the great nurses who have, you know, taken care of our family member? Or that even kind of thing? just writing a note to their manager, like just saying this nurse did a good job. Um, that can mean a lot because um, 
sometimes managers are a lot, a lot of the time get a lot of bad reviews and mm-hmm. they only are asked for their email because they're just like, you suck. This nurse sucks. Yeah. And, um, the manager can usually get it to the nurse as well. Um, but even just a personal note to the nurse that can mean a lot too. Right. right. So, right. Essentially you guys are working in a customer service field in a lot of ways. And we do know that people don't often, call or write to say you're doing a fantastic job usually if they're very vocal it's because they're upset about something so that's actually a really good um that's a good pointer i would say the one thing that you should not give me is a creepy doll because um somebody gave me a creepy doll once and i'm pretty sure it's cursed it might be cursed i feel like it's up in your bedroom which double doubles as my exercise room when you're away at school so i don't really i've looked down at that thing a couple of times i'm not sure i know it was given to you we should we should say it was a thank you it was given to you from the bottom of their heart but it does kind of freak me out a little bit so what do you think we should do with like do I we don't keep it no or like if we throw it out are we gonna be I don't cursed think if we, we can throw it out i don't think um, it'll come back i feel like we have but like right? as soon as i brought it into the house um my dad started sneezing so yeah but that's not unusual that but literally i showed it to you when Hannah. you started sneezing yes that's not unusual. i sneeze a lot no. I, I mean you know if we'd started having like poltergeist type things happening here right. we might have had right. to reassess the yeah there. living yeah. arrangement for that yeah yeah All right, so that's all of our questions for you, Hannah. Thank you for putting up with us. You're welcome. It's a (laughs) lifelong achievement. Oh, yeah, being on our podcast. Oh, no, I meant putting up with you. Oh, Oh, shoot. I totally thought she meant like joining us on the podcast, that it was like hashtag goals. Right. Hannah loves it when I say hashtag out loud. Right, Right. Hannah? She's love it. Swallowing her tongue right now. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, well, thanks to everyone for listening to this episode. Once again, thank you, Hannah, for being here. If you'd like to get in touch with us, there's a bunch of ways to do it. You can send us a question. You can send us a comment. You can send us an inquiry about sponsorships. We're always happy to take some money for doing this. We have a few ways to do it. You can email us, caregivinggenxstyle at gmail.com. You can send us a text or leave a voicemail. No one will answer this phone, but it will come straight to me. 804-723-1221. And you can also find us on, well, it's not Twitter anymore. It's now X. Uh, we can find us on X for as long as X is still around. Our handle is at Gen X Caregiving. And we're on Facebook, of course. Just search for the name of the podcast, Caregiving Gen X Style. We hope to hear from you soon. Have a great day. Good night, everyone.